No, 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 no. You done got me talking politics. I didn't want no... I think this must have, but it been as long as two years. It could have been. It, it might have been one of our first conversations. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, before you get to know me and change your mind, I want to invite you <laughs> onto my podcast. Well, after after I start um, letting out my pearls of wisdom, you might uh, regret it. So you know how we roll. Well, maybe you know how we roll. I don't. I don't <laughs> presume that you have ever listened to an episode of the show. Oh yeah, no yeah, I've listened. Yeah, I was actually listening to a couple today just to. Um, just to see if uh, swearing was allowed, and uh, you know, swearing, drug use, uh, sacrilege—it's all welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be notification saying poor connection on my end, so hopefully that uh, that sorts itself out and doesn't cause us any problems. <laughs> the National Guard's been uh, setting up here in Columbus, so I imagine there's a lot more uh, Wi-Fi usage and whatnot going on. Yeah, yeah. Is it? How is it? Um, where you are, is it lockdown or is it you it, still kind of going about your daily business? It's mostly on lockdown. All the barber shops, hair salons, bars, most of the restaurants. Restaurants were only only allowed to do uh, to go or carry out or whatever you call it. And yeah, school. All the schools are closed. It's it's around spring break time here for the school yeah. year, but it's like you're not coming back afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, I think we we are probably about the same. I think today the government uh, gave the official um, closing the restaurants and bars. Um, I think all the kind of small shops and stuff, they're all shut. It's just our supermarkets and our, our pharmacies and our hospitals, I think, that are still are going at the moment. Yeah, that that's what we've got. I think uh, this week 110,000 people filed for unemployment benefits in Ohio, <sighs> just Ohio. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was I was uh, reading not that long ago. Is this true that um, your guy uh, Bloomberg, when he was doing his advertising campaign, he spent five over five hundred million dollars just in advertising, and there's like three hundred and ten million legally registered Americans, like something along those lines. He could have just gave everybody a million dollars and still had money left. Basically, I didn't check his math, but he did definitely spend uh, over five hundred million dollars, and he had said. That even if he didn't win, which he definitely didn't because he dropped out when everybody else dropped out and started kissing Joe Biden's ass. Mm. Um, he said that he was going to pay to keep campaign staff for whoever the candidate was. But he's <laughs> said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that now. But I'm <laughs> going to put $18 million into the Democratic Party. Just give mm. them $18 million. Which is probably it's... easier. Yeah. It's crazy it's just when you start seeing the the the, kind of, the wealth difference of people around the world, isn't it? It's just it's, it's it beggars belief to think the amount some people have and and how little others have. 
it's it's society man yeah it's weird it is it, it seems extremely under the micro- microscope here because there are the most millionaires and billionaires in a presidential cabinet uh, than we've ever had in history really it's kind of hard to keep track it's also had yeah. the highest turnover in uh <laughs> of cabinet positions and senior political officials i think blah 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 i did look up a little bit about uh what was going on in scotland because mm-hmm. i i have to admit i have been kind of thinking locally right now yeah. but uh as of like yeah this afternoon 7550 tests had been done in scotland 7228 were confirmed negative Three twenty, three hundred and twenty-two were positive, and six deaths. Yeah, I think that's. We're actually quite. We're we're doing not too bad in terms of deaths, if that's a, a good way to put it. Um, considering like some of the places in Europe, especially Italy, just now, um, it's it's unprecedented times. But then, if you take the UK as a whole, um, which we probably should do, it's I think it's closer to, I think it's about five hundred, maybe six hundred. I think heading up towards the thousand. I think. Oh, for for cases, for cases, I think for the whole UK, I think we might be in the tens of thousands. I think um, I might be making that up. You know, I didn't look up that specific one, but I did look up the number in America as of earlier this afternoon. There have been fifteen thousand six hundred and fifty documented uh, COVID nineteen infections. That's it's it's wild it's it's so fast it's it's come around so fast and even though it's the first case i believe was november last year in uh, china it's still crept up on everyone so fast that it's it this must be when it was like well not quite but like but the plague you know back yeah. in those days you have just been feared to go near anyone and just, you know like it's this this level of of kind of panic I've, n- I've not seen in my entire lifetime. I don't know if anyone else has experienced the same style of panic. I'd imagine it would have been terrible during the war. I'd imagine there'd be nothing there to ration food. That's a completely different scenario. But supermarkets just now, for the last maybe week and a half, have been empty. Every shelf empty. It started off, they were emptying the, 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 the tin goods, the dry pasta, uh, you know the long life milk, the flour to make your own bread. You know all these things would disappear in the toilet roll. That's you know went really fast. And then now they've cleared all the shelves of uh, fruit and vegetables. And I think today when they said they were closing the pubs, they cleared the alcohol shelves. They've just ransacked you know the whole whole supermarkets. It is it is it's crazy, absolutely crazy. And I tell you what, if over uh, on the, the, the show that I do, the podcast I do, Scotland vs. Evil, I've been preaching about prepping for so long. Everybody should have at least two to three months of, of food in their house that they can just lock themselves in and survive should anything anything happen. Um, I've been telling people that for ages. You might be stocked up on your tins of chickpeas. You might be stocked up on your fruit and syrup. You might be dry pasta. You want to have uh, enough water to last you two or three months. Um, I never thought of the toilet roll, to be fair, but yeah, I mean, as long as you've always got burning water, you can always, you know, clean yourself, so you're you're fine there. But I, do you know what I know? If all the prepping that I've been telling people, you want to know what? I wasn't prepared. 
<laughs> I was not prepared. I was not prepared at all. This snuck up me so fast. I told a story uh, the last time when I prepped, and I got a cupboard full of provisions, and I put them in. I had put the pasta and the tin tomatoes they were all in the in the cupboard, and I was like, "That's us, Lauren, Lauren, That's that, uh, my wife." So I said to her, hey, "That's us. We've got some food there. Should anything happen?" And she thought, "Nothing's going to happen," and started cooking the food and eating it. So I had nothing left. So at my beginning prepping situation uh, depleted, and I didn't bother stocking it back up, and now. We are in the midst of panic, and there's nothing. We're in pre-apocalypse. We're just before... uh, Thank you for introducing yourself. I did a poor job (laughs) of uh, recognizing that we had begun the episode. Although I am prepared. I I record the entire conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But that's for those specific reasons, talking about preparation. We were supposed to have left for a trip down to Florida this week that uh, we ended up not doing. Is that your decision or was that is that kind of government advised? It it was largely our decision. We you know, they the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, did say, you know, if you don't have to go somewhere, please don't. It was at that that stage, and then I was just yeah, sort of thinking, putting it back on you. Yeah, I was like, okay, is it? If it does get worse, would I rather be on vacation or at my house? And yeah, do we want to be flying our kid around? Yeah, and stuff. So, so we were somewhat understocked, but. In some ways, yeah, I mean, we've, we've got some broth, we've got a lot of beans, you know, rice, uh, other, other provisions. Uh, over this summer, we, we installed a backup battery that charges from our solar panels. Right. So uh, that, that battery is about enough to run a regular, you know, don't turn on everything all at once and don't turn on all the hair yeah. dryers and shit, but... It can run the house for like 24 hours without sunlight, just on, right. on the backup battery. So, it's pretty, that's pretty prepared. Yeah, the the last couple of years, it's just been kind of a getting ready for some sort of terrible thing to happen. Yeah, in, in I, you know what? And nobody nobody thought it would actually happen, and 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 here we are. I've been I've been waiting for the for the apocalypse for ages, thinking it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so great, you know, pillaging all the empty houses and you know stockpiling all my stuff and you know being the king of my own castle. And then now that it feels like it's almost here, I'm like I I, I don't I'm not ready for you know I don't I'm not ready for the world to end. I quite like it. <laughs> I quite enjoy <laughs> uh, the cinema and the bars and you know going about my daily business. So hopefully this is just a a heart palpitation, a blip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll get the defibrillator out. Shock to the system. Yeah, maybe, maybe there'll be a nice rerouting of priorities. You would, you would think so. You would like to think so. You, you I think it like. just, it just shows how our society is just paper thin, a house of cards, ready to fall at the slightest hurdle. Yeah, I remember. The road war. I I don't remember how the the <laughs> the movie starts with that really nice over uh, not overdub. Uh, I actually 
do not remember, and maybe I've blocked it out, but I don't think I've ever heard that dubbed version of this that they put out in America because they thought we couldn't understand Australian. Now, did they do that with the, the sequel? I know they'd done it because I watched the intro before, and it was I, th- I don't know if it was the director or if it was just a historian, and said how it, obviously the Mad Max 2 was not billed as a sequel in the US because you didn't get it first time around. You didn't get Mad Max uh, when it was released. And they figured, you know, people in the States wouldn't go and see a sequel if they hadn't seen the first movie. Um, and I think the first one was then re-released with with a dub. Is that right? Or, or did they dub The Road Warrior? Is that right? I, I, think, just made that... I think they did both at first. I, um... Because... I don't think it doesn't sound overly Australian to me. I don't, but maybe it doesn't to me either. And I don't think it really ever did, but I'm trying to think of, I mean, what this came out in 1981. Yeah. So it was before the big crocodile Dundee craze that really acclimated a lot of hodgepodge middle of the road Americans to mm. we're, we're not an extremely cultured country. If you spread it all out. And I, I, I get that, you know, maybe I had a different sort of lookout, you know, I, okay. Tangents aside for a second, you, you picked Mad Max 2, which was released as the road warrior the first yes. time around in the States because it maybe played at a, uh, Mad Max might've played at a drive-in or some grindhouse theater somewhere, but yeah, it was. And, and, you know, the Naked Gun two-and-a-half thing hadn't started yet, so people weren't used to just throwing in weird numbers in their movies. 1984 hadn't even come out yet. Why this one? This one is, uh, you know, it's a very simple reason. It's the best one. There's no there's no denying it. It's uh, the... The first one is a movie that I don't really remember. I think I've watched it once or twice. And the the whole idea around my memories of The Road Warrior is this post-apocalyptic world. These The, the gangs, the, the desert wasteland. And when you watch the first movie, certainly if you watch it retrospectively, it's not, um, it's not as... It's, like, it's a different world. It's still part of society as far as I can, uh, I can remember. But the the second the road warrior is just this this like to me it's fascinating world of lawlessness and good versus evil and almost like and morality almost because as you go obviously if you go through the movie you've got you've got Max there helping but he not you know does he does he ever want to help for the for because of the good and the right thing to do or is he is he always doing it for for you know for his for a reward almost and it just this, the whole I don't know I, I you know I just I just love the whole post-apocalyptic world that it creates that uh, other movies uh, also create in the in their own right but just that something about the whole no society and it sounds very bleak it sounds like a person to say fucking hate society I wish you'd rumble um it's it's very very bleak but I I just I, I love you know something about watching uh, people trying to survive when. All, all the you know stepping stones and all the technology and all the advantages of a modern society when that's all stripped away and it's just back to bare survival. I I'm always fascinated to see how a story would play out in that world. Got to get that guzzling. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> as the gyrocopter whose name I always forget. But see, this is the thing, right, that um, I I wonder this, right? See, it feels desired, right? And they fight over it all the time, and it's so scarce. A few moments later. Right. I've had to change devices. I don't know what happened. My iPad just bugged out there, and then it wouldn't connect to the internet again. So I'm now on it on my phone, which I think means I can't look at my Mad Max notes, which is uh, makes for, for fun discussions for the rest of the, <laughs> the episode. Aha, chaos. Chaos and disorder. That's what we that's what we're that's the theme. That's what we're trying to talk about today. That's it. Um, it's, it's all fitting in, it's all on purpose, you know. Yeah. It's, it's all part of the plan. Uh let's see. I am not sure what all of the conspiracy theories that are going around in Scotland are, but the the main ones around going that I hear going around here. There's not that many anymore because uh, it's it's pretty pretty cut and dry. There's people that are like, just listen to the scientists, and then there's the people that are saying, oh well, Fox News says that it's a Democratic hoax to help defeat Trump in the election, or some racist xenophobic shit about it's some other country's fault, and if we if if they build that wall, it'll all be okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I I had the it's it was a man-made uh, disease, a uh, man-made virus for biological warfare um, from this person suggested the Russians. <laughs> said, what? How? I said, what, what? What would you gain from from that? Yeah, okay, society's kind of crumbled a bit, but re- really, because we invented the whole society and money's fake, we'll just fix it. Governments will fix it. It's not, you know, this is just slowing things. And if it's slowing yourselves down as well. However, you know, come to think of it, I don't know what Russia's current status is in terms of confirmed cases and deaths. It been well pretty quiet. It it's relatively quiet. They are having that big. Did you did you hear about the the shakeup going on in their their government? Uh, uh, no, do you know I I don't hear anything about oh. Russia unless I actively go look for it now. It's not something that comes up in our news at all, to be honest. I I psychotically read the news. It's it's like it's my mo- one of my most masochistic features. <laughs> uh, so uh, Vladimir Putin had like his entire cabinet resigned, and then in five hours, in one day, they wrote drafted, voted on, and adopted legislation that I believe lets him stay president until 2036? <laughs> uh, it, you, you couldn't make up, could you? No. It's, it's, it's so weird and scary and interesting. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm reading more about this than I ever had in any uh, high school civics class. Um, the question now: Do the people of Russia like him as president? The only Russian people I know hate him. Okay. Uh, there's there's not a big, but there's a decent sized community here in Columbus, and I can think of two people immediately who, right right around my age or so, uh, and their parents hate him. I right. won't name them because Russia is good at killing people, but they're more <laughs> they're more precise. 
you know, they'll they'll put poison on the light switch inside your door, and then you touch it, and then you die, and everybody else. Yeah, they, they poison nearly a, a whole town in, in England not long ago. Try to kill one guy. Yeah, poison go everywhere. Well, I say air quotes. Swish, swish, swish. That was uh, theoretically or supposedly the Russians. Who knows? Yes, this this entire show is a work of satire. So, <laughs> as has been said out loud now. Yeah, everything that comes out of my mouth um, is is uh, deliberately provocative and tended to offend and never to be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't want to be like all your journalists, Russia, and fall out of windows all the time. <laughs> yeah, those accidental falls. So many shoddy windows. Um, <laughs> so that's going on there. The Israeli government is realigning... Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, is, who is under indictment for, I can't remember how many things, is sort of reshaping the government on his way out, if he's leaving. Um, this last week, the USA and Iran had some more warlike things that nobody's talking about because we've got a virus and the world is shutting down yeah we need our toilet paper we kind of be paying attention to iran you know <laughs> yeah pe- people are fighting each other for toilet paper i i did pop out uh the other day luckily since we were going to be on vacation uh the missus and the little one had the next months of medication stocked up mm-hmm. so didn't have to deal with that but yeah still sort of trying to get back into no i will actually be at my house instead of on vacation and it was just so weird. people were looking at each other like like in the thing maybe maybe it was just my imagination because <laughs> I, I hadn't left the house in a few days but it was there was there there's a lot of distrust and a lot of guns here and... yeah, well that's the that's the thing as well i've, I've seen pictures of not only uh people queuing up outside supermarkets and fighting over total because we had that here but I've seen pictures of people queuing up, and I'm talking maybe, you know, a, a mile long. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. A good, you know, 20, 30 meter long queue waiting to get at a gun shop. Oh, yeah. I'd say, surely, if you were the kind of person who would have a gun and be prepared to use a gun to protect your family and yourself and your house, you would already have it. You wouldn't wait until people start panicking before you buy guns because those people who are panic buying guns are the people who are going to panic use them, I would suggest. Yeah, I, I would think so. Well, and they're also the kind that are like, well, I have to have all the guns so you can't have any. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, because if I've got all the guns, then you can't shoot me with a gun if I've got all the guns. Yeah, because I, I forget what the total number is because it, it's been a while since I've, I've looked at that. Uh, with gun gun owner, gun ownership in America, but I mean, there I, I'm pretty sure there's something like two and a half guns for every person, but only forty percent or thirty percent of the people have them, which means a lot of people have a lot of guns, and some yeah. don't have any. Do you think? Do you know? It's I mean, I guess there's never well, is there a right team? Never. If you is there is there laws in America that if if I is there a sits circumstance where if I shot and killed someone but it was in some form of self-defense or protecting my property or my family would I get away with it or are you always pretty much fucked if you shoot your gun and kill someone oh no in a lot of places you can totally do that especially if it's at your house or on your property yeah 
Um, See, that's that's one thing that's completely different from here. I believe I heard a story, and I'm sure it was a, a a farmer's house, and someone tried to break in. They climbed in through the roof. They fell through the the loft into through the through the roof into the kitchen and landed on you know maybe this farmer's knife or you know something that was in the kitchen. Landed on it and impaled themselves. I don't think they died, but they sued the farmer for the injury they sustained falling through the guy's roof trying to break into the house, and they won. Oh, I, I you know I believe I heard about that too. Yeah, it's it's honestly bizarre sometimes. Um, having a kind of you know, uh, favoring the the victim is is uh, it makes so much more sense than a kind of way out everything scenario. It's it... <laughs> America is very litigious, but depending on where you go, I was trying to get a better idea of you know where I live in comparison to other places, and I found out I I put in you know. What country is my state the size of, or whatever? And it gave me Scotland. So Ohio oh, really? is roughly the size of Scotland. Um, you know, here in Columbus, where I live, we're just shy of a million people. I think that sounds about the same population as Glasgow, I think. Okay. You know, 800, 900,000. I think something, so. Something What's like the total that. population of, of Ohio? Uh, because I believe at last time I checked, I think the population of Scotland is around 5 million. The Ohio population is 11.6 million. Well, wow. so you've got a lot more people. But I think we've got a lot of dead space or empty space, you know, in our highlands and stuff. We've got a lot of yeah. space with nobody in it. <laughs> Uninhabitable like land. Big, yeah, four big cities and then just barren wasteland that's full of people from outlander just kicking about still in kilts <laughs> it's all haggis and bagpipes <laughs> it is it really really is <laughs> um yeah uh i've got my dad's really big into our heritage and he he found a cousin that lived uh, i can't remember where but it's it's uh he runs like a bed and breakfast at the base of the ben nevis all right uh-huh uh, so he he's been over a couple times to visit. I was randomly selected for further verification of my ID of my identification when I applied for a passport. Uh, so I missed going on uh, my honeymoon. Uh, we were we were gonna go to uh, Scotland and uh, somewhere else. I I've never been to anywhere besides America and Canada. But my my missus has gone. But um. Yeah, I had to <laughs> fucking uh, American government. So what does what does that mean? If you so you you didn't get a passport then? Is it is it or have you got one now? Or I've got one now, but it was delayed yeah. because they right. they sent back my application with a request for all this other paperwork. You know, uh, two or three different kinds of ID, uh, identification right. cards. Um, employment history residency history and a bunch of weird shit um the the lady at the passport office was like i can't really tell you this but it's because you have a mohawk i'm sure of it <laughs> so, do you think do you think it's like kind of full on like judging books i get you know i i i would i would think they just wouldn't let want to let me back in the country if they don't like <laughs> oh damn I, I tangented us totally away from the point what were we talking about mm guns we were talking about guns oh yeah yeah well, yeah because it's it's a very it's a very hot topic it's very um controversial it's very it's always on the first thing uh on on people's minds when you 
kind of discuss the state of of the states i guess um me for one i don't know enough about it some of the the, the way I, I perceive people to behave on social media in regards to the guns appears b- bizarre to me, over-the-top nonsense. However, if I lived in the States, I would I would 100% own a gun because I do think they're cool as fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did want to tell you, because you, you did ask about being, if you could get, speaking of, if you moved to America and you got your cool fucking guns, where yes. would you want to live? Um, well, a couple years ago in Texas, uh, and I, I believe there's a 911 call that you can hear. A guy called because he saw somebody breaking into his neighbor's house, and he went and he killed them. And I'm pretty sure he was not brought up on charges. Really? Yeah. Wow. Texas is almost Texas is alone in itself, though, isn't it? Yeah, Texas. Texas. Uh, I think they're even called the Republic of Texas, if you look into it. Um, It is an interesting place. I've I've only been there twice, and only one time I can remember. The other time was when I was four or so. My parents drove out to California and back. We did a vacation road trip thing. Sounds amazing. it, It. it was the parts I remember are pretty cool. You know, my dad dangled me over the Grand Canyon and shit because it was the 80s and you could do that. <laughs> but I, I, I don't remember being in Texas then. And then yeah. I was there one time. Uh, one of the bands I was in went on a lot of tours. And one time we went, we did the whole, well, not every state, but a big circle out to California and back. And. It was sort of a nightmare tour, but it was a blast. But we mm-hmm. all but one of our shows in Texas got canceled, and it was right in the middle. <laughs> so we had to drive all the way into the middle of Texas and then back out to New Mexico. I've only I only heard um, was no I, I I do like Texas myself. Like it was one of the states for a long time that I, I would have wanted to live in. Um, I based all my American sports teams out of Texas. I think to be honest with you, I think it was. Um, when I picked my teams, I was fully into listening to Bowling for Soup, and that's where they're from. I think that's solely <laughs> solely my reasoning. Um, but I'm sure this was Texas, and it was one of Lauren's friends years ago. They done um, Camp America. I don't know if that if you know what that is, but it's a kind of British schools get the chance to when you're in fifth or sixth year. I don't even know what that is about. Um, 16, 17, so almost at the end of high school. I think okay. that's yeah, the that same would, age for you guys. Be like a junior or senior in high school. Right. Year. Uh-huh. So you get the chance to come over and pretty much work at a, a summer camp, I think, is the idea for a couple of weeks, maybe a, a full summer. Um, I looked at it with my friend, and looking back now, it's probably the biggest mistake to not do that because that sounds amazing. Even if you go to a full-on uh, Friday the 13th summer camp, it still would be an incredible experience. I didn't do it, but Lauren's friends done it, and she told me a story, and they were driving through. The, the bus driver got lost. They were driving through somewhere. I'm sure it was Texas, and they were like, no, it's fine. We'll just go and ask directions. We'll go up to the shop and ask directions, and they walked up to the shop and says, where is such and such a place? And now, I'm, I'm sure the response was different to how I remember it um, from how Lawrence told me, um, but it's still just as, as crazy. I remember it like the Family Guy episode where they speak to Kermit the Frog and he brings out the gun and goes, but back the way you came. That's how I remember. That's how, in my head, that's what happened. But I think it was just as just as scary and just as kind of blunt. Like, no, 
I'm not telling you where to go and get off my get out of my, my, my town kind of thing. And I was like, wow, that's that's wild. Now I don't know if that's Texas. It could be any any place in the world, I suppose, but it was certainly in America and it was certainly a small town. And it's quite scary. I think that people can be that mental. And then saying that's not before before I, I alienate all your all your listeners that, that make think that I'm being very negative against American towns. If anybody came in from outside, came in a small town in Scotland in the central belt, like the East End, I wouldn't even go in Easter House. And I can imagine, you know, somebody wandering in clearly from out of town. The you know their kind of regulars people there would be like, <laughs> it would be like a you know I think it would happen anywhere in the world if you were somewhere you weren't supposed to be. Uh, where people don't get a lot of visitors, I think it would happen. There can be some 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 weird instances. I was, I'm I'm not usually followed around stores, mm. but I was in some small town uh, on tour in Georgia, and I had two or three people following me. We we were on tour with with a, a band, sort of to make this topical. Uh, I was going to see a friend of mine from the band we were on tour with, but her tours got canceled. Uh, mm. So they were just kind of like following me around and then I went up and I paid and they're like, are you going to pay for the rest? And I said, what are you talking about? And they said the rest of the stuff you stole. They, they accused you. Yeah. Straight out. <laughs> <laughs> are you fucking serious? Was, and, and yeah, they were being really fucking shitty. What were they, were they hoping just to have like, just say it to you and hope they would, if they were right, they would catch you out and you'd be like, oh shit, here it is. Or yeah. Were they or... just, or if they thought I was the decoy and they were going to bust somebody else I was with because yeah. uh, it was me and uh, my bass player and uh, the three girls from the band we were on tour with, they got really pissed and they were, I, I don't want to totally stereotype this, but they always had money <laughs> when they were on tour and I was always broke as shit. So it was just amazing the type of stuff that they would buy on, on tour and they yeah. had like baskets of shit and they just dumped it on the ground and we all left. So maybe they'll rethink that because they probably lost a hundred or yeah. two dollars. But um, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I can't remember where, but uh, most most of my traveling around America stories are band related. Uh, we, we got to this weird seeming. Well, everything's weird when you haven't been there before, but this twisty road sort of in the woods and sort of a little bit in the distance, you'd see a, a light or two on like there was very scattered out houses or something and then there's just this log in the middle of the road but there's no trees nearby that area (laughs) trap yeah it was like oh shit we're gonna get uh wrong turned up up in here and uh it really was like turn on the brights we just ran out shove it off the side of the road and jump back in scared and it might have just been a thing to fuck with people or it could have been you know, some redneck driving around, not uh, securing the load in a bit, his back of his truck. Yeah, it's fucking freaky when you're when you're in weird places. Yeah, and right. You don't Absolutely. know what to do, and you're in the wasteland, and <laughs> you know, Lord Humongous, and I forget the name of his Mohawk guy. Oh, uh, have you thought about? Uh, we'll probably talk about Mad Max too, but I would imagine every, <laughs> everybody has seen Mad Max too, and we'll we'll say some more stuff near the end, but. In this uh, preparation for the post-apocalypse. Yes. You know how everybody, there's the Mohawk guy and the assless chaps, or there's a Lord Humongous and there's, you know, other, other movies to reference. Have you, have you figured out what your persona is going to be in the wasteland? 
Well, that's what I've been thinking about recently because of the panic and the way that the coronavirus is is, is uh, changing the landscape. I'm trying to figure out where the line is before I can put on the full-on Clint Eastwood outfit from A Fistful of Dollars and strut about with a cowboy hat and the poncho. Poncho, brown poncho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got all the stuff. I just need to put it all on, you know. I've got it all here. It's in the cupboard. But the thing is, I live in, in uh, Pollock in the southwest of Glasgow, and that place is, is one of those kind of small towns that hey, I was discussing before. I don't think there's ever a time where I can go out dressed as a cowboy and not get my head kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to decide when I'm ready to properly, you know, when the, when the shit hasn't really hit the fan, you know. I mean, it's going to look like that. It's going to look like... Uh, I, I believe you've seen Assassination Nation where everybody's just wearing masks. Yeah. You know, you, there's all these improvised masks. There's what, all those YouTube videos about how to use underwear. I haven't watched them, but <laughs> I, I feel like that's a thing I've seen. There's, <laughs> you know, th- things like that. There's sort of like with Halloween, I, I'm a little stuck with something's got to go with a mohawk. Hmm. If I can't incorporate it, I have to hide it. Um, well, if 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 um if the shit does hit the fan just now, I think you know you've got assless chaps from Mad Max too. It's right there for you. Perfect. I've probably yeah. got a fringe vest from my dad's nineteen uh, sixties wardrobe. <laughs> Maybe it's got an American. F- I'm pretty sure I do have a fringe vest that's the American flag, and I'm growing an apocalypse beard. I always shave. I I hate having stubble. I like shave every day, and I can't really grow. Well, I don't know. I've never tried. Uh, you know, I had a shitty goatee for a minute in high school, um, so I'm growing an apocalypse beard. Partially because my wife said I couldn't. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, here. Do you feel it? See it? It's coming in. I, mean, I probably that... I probably smoke too much pot to have enough testosterone to grow a manly manly beard. It, I mean, it is it's it's the the mark of manliness. To be fair, yeah. I uh, I had grown one uh, not that long ago, and I think it was about three months, and I managed to style it into, and it was all it was all looking good. It was longer at the chins, uh, shorter on the sides, and then I just thought I've had enough and shaved it off, and it was the worst decision. Of my life, and I don't know if I can go through the growing stage again. I think I'm I'm resigned back to stubble now. I don't know if I can go through that middle part. <laughs> it's 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 a tough slog. It is, and now you're not supposed to touch your face. And I don't know about know. you, but if if I if I've got facial hair, I'm probably gonna fidget with it. Yeah. And eventually, right. when we're tying people to the train tracks, we can twirl our mustaches. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get the guzzoline. <laughs> yeah, yes, that you need to you need to start thinking about your post-apocalyptic look now because it'll come up too fast and it'll be you know you, before you know it and you'll just be out in your normal clothes and then all the you know the leather assless chaps bondage gangs will just laugh at you and you'll be like oh man you know so you need to be you need to be ready for this kind of stuff yeah you're gonna look like yeah uh, you're gonna be running around trying to be a badass with juicy on your ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> or or something like that or you'll look like uh, what Daniel Radcliffe in Guns Akimbo where you're just in, in, in a robe yeah he's to be fair though he's one of the characters you would stay away from in a, in a, in a wasteland I believe true true yeah I've got I've got uh, what the the zombie survival guide 
and Abby Hoffman's book on how to be a revolutionary in the 60s. Mm. Uh, that Those are the only physical survival books that I have in my house. But there's... I have... I've I've got two. I've got um, Bear Grylls' How to Stay Alive, which is is very useful. You know, considering if you want to stay alive, it's got everything you need in there. Um, and the other one is um, How to Stay Alive in the Woods. And I found it after I owned this book, but it's actually the same book that Heather uh, has in the Blue Rich Project. Now, obviously, it didn't work out well for her, but it's still a pretty cool read. <laughs> but maybe being out in the woods. See, uh, <laughs> there's another thing that they're talking about with the virus. Um here in the states is that it's largely it's it's right now for either lack of testing or more exposure the people it's it's more in the cities than it is out of the cities Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know that's well yeah so you you want to you'd want to get get out the woods and it's self-isolating i mean there's nothing more self-isolatory than being yourself in the woods you know (laughs) Yeah, and there's there's still some woods. There's still some woods out and about there. Uh, you know, it's it's not such a wasteland as. Uh, well, I mean, they don't even really say. They just say that it's the future. Uh, I yeah, guess... the, the near future they call it, don't they? But it's, the thing is, you, you you go from if you go from Mad Max One, where he's still somewhat of a cop, I believe. Um, yeah. You do get that. You get that flashback at the start, and it shows them how the motorbike gang kills his 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 uh, girlfriend. His his uh, I don't know if it's his wife. I assume it's his wife. His wife and child, and that's pretty brutal. Yeah, um, run them down in the road. Yeah. Um. But so then, how do you get from? I guess his outfit is still kind of normalish. He's you know, a leather jacket, maybe some leather trousers. That's kind of. Normally, you get away. You get away with that. How did the rest of the that gang? How does the rest of that gang decide? Or I'm just got a. Do you know what I mean? I'm just got literally. Humongous has just got a pair of leather pants on and a hockey mask. That's all he's wearing. How how did he how did he come out of his house wearing that outfit? And the rest of them all just went. Yep, that's our leader. That's who I'm going to follow. I dare you to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw Burning Man in in on this hill with my captured friends of yours on the, the Judas crucifix or whatever those <laughs> things are called, and I'm gonna rant into the megaphone, and you will give me, your gasoline. That's literally how, how it is. It's the confidence I think. It's the confidence that Lord Humongous exudes. Even calling himself Lord Humongous is is pretty ballsy, you know, yeah. in, in itself. So yeah, I think that's what it is. It's confidence. People love confidence, and if you've got the confidence, you can do it. Yeah, he's got his hype man. He calls him yeah. the his Ed McMahon or some Scottish show that I've never seen. He he did have the gun and the most bullets. Hmm. Okay, well, I've got one gun and eight bullets, so I am in charge of everything. <laughs> that wouldn't fly. Here, we, we've got the the feral baboon boy that we are to understand as the eloquent narrator at the beginning and oh, end of the movie. Oh, you know, yeah, the, I have so many issues with that completely. How I've... Th- that boy is running around. He's supposed to be, I don't know how old he is, maybe seven years old, would you say? Is that about right? Or maybe a bit younger? F- between five and seven years old. He cannot string a sentence together. He's screaming like a, like, <laughs> you know, like a baboon, like a, like a feral animal, doing backflips. And, you know, nobody's taking responsibility for that kid whatsoever. And then he's just like, 
I became the leader of the gang. And like, no, no, absolutely no way. Because everybody else is dead because you fucking ate them all. That's why you're the leader. There's no way in hell you grew up to be a fucking sophisticated gentleman. I'm not yeah. believing it. The baboon boomerang boy cut everybody's <laughs> fingers off and ate them. <laughs> it's just, just not. That's, that's, the, that's the most unbelievable thing about the whole fucking movie. <laughs> Everything else, I mean, the the car chase and talking about believable, all those practical stunts. How many how many oh, stuntmen yeah. do you think they just buried in the desert? <laughs> yeah, quite a few, I think. That's one thing that's great about those old kind of movies. Like you've got there's just health, there's no health and safety. There's just absolutely no consideration for their, their safety whatsoever, and I love it. There's you know they're, they're driving, flying across the desert, and there's one guy just jumped from car to car, and it's that's exactly what he's doing. There's no. There's no nothing about it. He's just jumping from car to car. No ropes. No fucking safety line. Just don't fall off. That it's fucking brilliant. guy that, that wrecked his motorcycle and somersaulted eight, uh, 60 feet. That's real. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. fake. That's, uh, that's brilliant as well. Just like the, the, the danger these guys are putting themselves in. And probably, I don't know, a stuntman gets paid. But I don't suppose it would be crazy crazy high. In, in the first one, at least, a lot of the stunt people were paid in beer. They got they got like motorcycle enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, bef- yeah before before they done the stunts. Yeah, <laughs> this will loosen you up. So I think it's the <laughs> first one where the stuntman gets hit in the back of the head with his own motorcycle in one of the shots. Right. Yeah, real thing. It's you know, and, and it's that those those days of of proper stunts are going. They're disappearing. I think with the, the CGI getting a lot better even it's still it's still garbage but it's it's getting better that you know so much as blue screened or green screened that you're losing the uh the old-fashioned stuntman oh shit what's that a new zealand lady oh yeah from the uh, death proof yeah uh zoe zoe, zoe bell. bell zoe bell <laughs> that was quite a badass movie to be fair that had some pretty good stunts in it i like the documentary about her i forget what that was called do you know i was aware of that but i haven't seen it do you recommend it? I would totally recommend it. But yeah, it's some badass Australian stunt people. I mean, half of this movie is a chase. And yeah. what? It's one-tenth eating dog food and, uh, you know, just, just a couple seconds of even in the post-apocalypse, there is a class structure. It's yeah. like we, we are the people with white clothes yeah, yeah, I was totally going to mention that. Yeah, so a lot of them have even got like kind of blonde hair as well. It's just so it's like old fashioned Star Trek, isn't it? Like when you, like the first the original series when you had the, the bad guys were all wearing black and the good guys were all black. Even down to the the, the hair color, it's it's, oh, it's classic storytelling. You're deep. But it kinda then it, it kinda leads you up the, the path of then where does Max fit in because he's all in black, so he technically going by color should be um on, on the evil side and that's why i don't think he ever does anything to to actually help people i think he does it for himself yeah you know uh, he he's he's the reluctant hero he he didn't rescue those people that were getting killed because it was none of his business and then he went up yeah. and he's like i'm just gonna take your gas and he was nice enough to use the bolt cutters and cut the guy free and then that was gonna be it and then it was, well, I can get you something. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll drag your ass back to this place and get me some, some gas. Yeah, it was always for a reward. That was his motive, is always for to, what can he get from it. 
Yeah, and then he, he's even going to leave. Yeah, I think the only probably semblance of kind of morality or or humanity from Max is the the almost the kind of very small relationship he has with the the field kid, giving him the music box. Yeah, oh yeah. What was that play? Happy birthday. Uh, uh, Pop goes the weasel. I think oh, it was. Pop goes. There we go. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, uh, it's 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 it is um it is very strange, and also there's. It's like it's it's good in terms of some things have done different. Maybe they were done, they've just been done differently since then. But the scene uh, during the, the huge chase where they've got um, two of the hostages tied to the front of the humongous car with bags on their head. It's actually very brutal. This movie. I was one of my notes. Um, if I if I could read them, it definitely said how I thought maybe time had changed the the age of this movie i thought because over here it's an 18 i don't know what that is in american is it what's um, above let's see we've what's what, probably nc7 because r-rated movies are you have to have an adult with you if you're under 17 nc17 is you have to be at least 17 year old 17 years old to watch it right well we've got we've got 15 so i'd Let's put that at NC seventeen, and then an R will be at eighteen. Okay. So ours, so it's so over here, my release is a is an R rating. I'd say for Mad Max, is that what is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, unless so, my Blu Ray is unrated, because they're allowed to release unre- unrated stuff all the time now. But um, so yeah, so it's so it's an R rated movie, and it's and I thought, well, if they re-release it now, it maybe be down to like an NC seventeen or like a fifteen over here, but. Really, when you look at some of the scenes, are some of the the brutality in it? Like at the beginning, those first two people who watch is getting killed. That woman is stripped naked and then raped and then killed. It's it's a devastating, you know, yeah. five ten minutes for those two characters. It's horrible. And, and I swear, I, in some of the crashes, you see that they put the steps to have like smashed head body parts. Yeah, well, that's that's what I, I was beginning that story there with the two hostages at the front when when Max slams on the brakes of the truck. Um, to try and throw the the Mohawk guy off the front of the truck, it makes humongous drive at the back of the truck, which has got the two hostages on it, and they, I'm sure they they kind of pop. There's there's kind of blood pops out from their uh, from their, their head masks, and it's and you don't you only see it for like two seconds, and they never address it. The two hostages have clearly just been killed, and it's only a split second, and it's just like well that's that that's that's them done. Nobody cares anymore. We're just continuing with the chase, and it's that kind of brutality that's like. And this should be an R rating. Uh, there is a high body count in that last, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. But then I also think that they, they fast track the deaths of uh, the Mohawk and uh, Lord Tumongous because the Mohawk flies off the front of the truck and you think that's him gone. He's dead. That was uneventful. But then you have the whole fanny about where they're getting the feral kid to get the, the shotgun shell, which that scene actually annoyed me because this week cunts jump about doing backflips, <laughs> throwing, you know, slicing boomerangs and going through tunnels underneath the place, jumping on the back of that truck. And then he's like, reach out the front and grab me that shell and he's shiting himself. Like, <laughs> no, come on, come on. Uh, but, you know, and then it's obviously uh, Mohawk still alive. And I'm sure it's something, it's something very quick that just ends uh, both of them together or does he, just, does he just crash the truck i think he just crashes the truck doesn't he yeah he, he he smashes smashes him and pulls the kid back yeah yeah and then yeah uh, the the truck crashes and it was all a ruse 
He's... It was a rosé because there was nothing in it. It was it was sand. It was sand. Yeah. Right. Aye. Because I, you know, I I was watching it. I was thinking if it, there was nothing in it all along. But so what did, did so that was a it was a dummy truck and the rest of the guys took the actual gas away. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. The right. the people that ended up being the society ruled by the baboon boomerang boy. <laughs> There's a really quick shot of one of the cars in the caravan going away and it's fuel tanks in the back. Right, right. I thought, you know, when I seen that happen, I thought a couple of things flashed through my, my thought process when I seen the sand and I thought either that's been some kind of mistake or they're trying to say that when it crashed, the sand all came in it or um, they lied to him and there was no gas all along. But then I, I completely missed, I, I'm sure it even explains to you I've missed it that that a that it was a ruse to to like a decoy. So I'm assuming Max knew there was nothing in the truck. I I would assume because he didn't yeah. look surprised. Although he is in the I don't give a fuck mode of Max. Yeah. You know he's he's like a hurt revenge guy in the first one. Here he's DGAF Max. Um. I might edit that out. That sounded corny as shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, he didn't seem surprised but, at all. Yeah. It was also, I mean, you crash the truck, you see that there's no gas in it. I guess maybe it's because Humongous is dead, but the rest of the gang just up and leave. The ones that are left are just like, right, that'll be that then. I'm going. Yeah, that was the last time we saw him, I think, the, the voiceover yeah. even says. It's, it's also, do you know, it's, it just shows that that whole, the whole good guy gang is are just an absolute bunch of pussies because what they've had is their 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 leader gets killed in uh, the kind of weird chitty chitty bang bang car that he's driving in, <laughs> and uh, then the the helicopter guy comes back. He's only been there. That guy's only been there for what? If we're assuming this is somewhat real time, he's only been with them for a day. Let's say. Yeah. 24 hours even if it's split up into wee bits and during that 24 hours he tried to kidnap one of the girls and take her away in his wee helicopter and leave but then somehow you know an hour later after the chase he's now now the king king of the pussies <laughs> and that's why Max didn't want to hang out with them anymore <laughs> do you know what I think Max made the right decision he's got to move on to Get a new dog. That was the thing that pissed me off the most this last time watching was when they killed his fucking dog. It's it's always it's always the worst part. Maybe you can kill as many humans as you want, but kill the dog, man. Like that's uncalled for, man. Yeah. But yeah, his dog was awesome. Here's to Max's dog, which I don't know if they ever. They probably had a name, but it was usually just. Voice clicks like Brad Pitt and Once Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've still not seen that yet. Oh no. Yeah. Well, I hope that it's on the list. Hope that doesn't ruin anything that he communicates with the dog (laughs) with voice clicks. But uh, it's not a big plot point. Yeah, fucking. I mean, this. I I think we actually talked the record for longest of not talking at all about a movie (laughs) is still a collaboration with mr mcleish oh i can imagine i think we were supposed to talk it was either i think it was we were supposed to talk about starship troopers and we talked for an hour and a half before we got into talking about the movie so i put out two episodes (laughs) (laughs) but i mean so mad max 2 
or the road warrior in america i we don't really rate movies over here but i think we both said that we would recommend it uh is, is your favorite in the series this is de- yeah, definitely my favourite in series. However, I, I did jump on to um, Duncan's show on the podcast Under the Stairs to uh, discuss uh, the Fury Road, uh, and I found new love for that one as well. There was a lot more to appreciate after, on a second and third watch that uh, I didn't get the first time around. However, uh, The Road Warrior is still my favourite, for sure. Oh, yeah, right. I had uh, the first one in that series. Yeah, yeah. On that roulette. Which, yeah. I, I meant to re rewatch this one then, but I hadn't. So it had been a minute since I had watched it, and I got the Blu-ray. It was really nice taking the, the cellophane off, off yeah. on that. I don't want to keep you too too long, but uh, have, have we neglected to talk about something other than before you go and before we cut this off, you're going to have to talk about your, your show. But um, for Mad Max 2, did we forget to say something that you'd kick yourself in a half hour if you had forgotten to say it? I don't, you know, I don't think so. But because I don't have my notes in front of me, I, I can't be sure. I always I always <laughs> kick myself after after uh, doing things and always forget everything. So, so no, I think we've we dis- we discussed, uh, we discussed it through. I think m- m- one of my main points is that... Uh, Mad Max, the like trying to make Fury Road. Mad Max is is Mel Gibson. It's you know he's done loads of iconic characters over the years, from Lethal Weapon to uh, Braveheart to you know uh, even his his turn in uh, Daddy's Home. Is that what it's called? The Mark Wahlberg in Will Ferrell movie. Uh, uh, I think that is what it's called. Yeah, the the sequel to that it was just that he's a cracking character. I think he's hilarious and he's just like a big dickhead. And he's he's got his troubles off screen. That's not for me to comment on. I don't think he's touched any kids, so I can still watch his movies. So that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and actually, do you know what? I don't even know what he did do. What did he do? He was drink drink oh, he, driving. He, and... he was drunk and yelling at a cop about the Jews and stuff. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Okay. Uh, but you know his movies are good. His movies are good. Um, you know he really plays half dead really really well. Next time you watch Mel Gibson, see if he's been strangled or choked. You'll he's, he he plays it really really well. It's just it's one of his strongest acting points, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well, when he plays Riggs, when the is that the second movie where they throw him in the water in a straitjacket? But luckily, they've already established that he can dislocate his shoulder to get out yeah. of straitjackets. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you know he's just he's trying to catch a breath? He's just that's a he's just getting. He's got that acting down to a T. That's what got him that uh, Braveheart Oscar, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. That half half strangled, <laughs> half strangled thing. You know, it's funny the Braveheart thing. It's it's so historically inaccurate, but man, do we love it? That's like uh, another Mel Gibson movie here called The Patriot about the Revolutionary oh, yeah. War. Is that inaccurate as well? I watched that not too long ago for the first time. And I was like, well, this is quite a good movie. So that's that's not... From from what I, I understand, there's a lot of creativity with... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he's based... Uh, he He's not supposed to be a real person, but I think they got timelines of shit wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's what they did in Braveheart as well, if I'm, if I'm correct. I believe one of the main things, because all the characters, all the main characters, I believe, are William Wallace, Robert the Bruce, and the English kings, the, the French 
queen or the French French princess. No, sorry. The I think the person his his wife Mirren, I believe, was a real person as well. Uh, one of the criticisms I believe was uh, she was a lot younger than he was. However, no, when, it was years ago, people used to marry twelve year olds, didn't they? So that's probably that probably makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that that, that was usually the way it went. Twelve, thirteen. The biggest. The biggest thing, and if they had done it in the movie, it would not have been as well received for Scottish people. Is that at the time the Bannockburn um, fights, the, the the independence stuff in thirteen fourteen, the Scottish armies were not wearing kilts at that point. Tartan wasn't a big deal in the thirteen hundreds. We would have been wearing very similar to what the English were wearing: the chainmail, the heavy leather padded outfits to try and stop ourselves getting stabbed as 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 best as possible. And it would have been a cheap version because we were. We didn't have the kind of king's money behind us, uh, so it wouldn't have looked as cool. Uh, I don't even know if bagpipes were invented at that point. That kind of Scottish heritage didn't come around to the 1700s, and I think if you look into it, it's not as glamorous as it sounds because it comes off all the rich um, kind of English uh, ruling sides, like the Edinburgh, the little London over in Edinburgh, which is terribly me to say Edinburgh because I love Edinburgh. I was born there. It's great. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, Braveheart's not historically accurate however the movie is is brilliant that, that's 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 a tangent there certainly for sure i i allow every scotsman who comes on the show to say their piece about braveheart it's a it's becoming a thing <laughs> <laughs> i i think uh now you duncan and i believe liam have all said something <laughs> about braveheart on a on, on a show well hopefully they too love it I'll be having words. Oh no! Stone throne competitions. Duncan's, you know how Duncan's a big fan of history. He's got a lot of issues with that movie. Nah, that boy's got a lot of issues in general. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean this this was a ton of fun, and we could totally. I don't know if you want to, if we want to say goodbye, or if we want to take a little bit of a break, refill our beverages, and talk a little bit more about shit that's going on. Uh. But I, I feel like our talk about Mad Max has kind of hit 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 the end. Uh, do you want to say goodbye, or do you want to say see you in a couple uh, seconds? Uh, let's see what time what time we're on. Um, I could probably go for an hour. Um, are we well? Maybe another fifteen twenty minutes or so. That's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a really quick break and then just sort of uh, chat it out, and uh, you'll 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 plug your your cool shit, and uh, we will go on. Sounds good. Like just to like say hi, my name is um, you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Say that again. It's just introduce yourself. You're listening uh-huh. to Scott and Liam versus Scott Evil. And William versus Evil. William Scott and William. Scott and William. William like L I A M. Am I not saying that? William. 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 Um, William. No, it's like just like no L I A M. Oh Liam. Yeah. Liam. <laughs> Sorry, I am jet lagged. These lights are not helping. Uh, Scott and Liam versus Evil. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's cool. Um, I thought you were spelling out the end of William. That's <laughs> okay, I got it now. Okay, ready? Yes. Hello, this is Amanda Fuller, and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. We aren't listening yet, but you should be. We are Scott and Liam versus Evil out of Glasgow, Scotland. In each episode, we take you on a drunken trip through the best, the worst, and in between picks from horror cinema. Well, at least we try to. You can find us online at scottandliamversusevil.com. So join us as we bear our souls everywhere good podcasts are available. Or the pub.
I thought I had unmuted everything, and I was like, okay, I'm back. And then I sat there for about 30 more seconds. I I think maybe I don't have something turned the right way. But, uh, okay. And through the magic of science, we're back in less time than that really took. But, um, so before we just get totally wrapped up, like we said, you are Scott of Scott and Liam versus Evil. So glad to finally have you on the show and have a chat. And uh, yeah. for the weird Venn diagram of people that know about this show but don't know about yours, what is Scott? Well, yeah, Evil? yeah. So Scott and Liam versus Evil is a horror movie podcast. Now I know what you're thinking. There's there's not enough horror movie podcasts out there. This is this is a strange thing that we've done talking about horror movies. You know, it's it's crazy. <laughs> But you know that is. Uh, so we uh, we talk about me and Liam. Uh, we talk about uh, any horror movies. We pick one each. Liam will tend to pick something uh, old-fashioned, black and white, shite. And uh, I'll tend to pick something cool and hip and and, and hilariously brilliant. Uh, and then we just kind of discuss it. We rate them, and we just generally just chat nonsense. That's the, the biggest the biggest thing is just chat nonsense. We want to make it sound like. Uh, you're just listening to your friends having chatting chatting in the pub. We don't tend, we don't call ourselves reviewers. We don't uh, pretend to have any sophisticated knowledge on the history of horror cinema or in anything in general. We tend to talk nonsense. We tend to make up facts. Uh, we tend to get a lot of things wrong as well. Um, but we just have a, a good laugh um, recording our episodes, and people who do listen to it seem to agree and, and enjoy it with us and it's uh like i say it's scott and liam versus evil and if you are listening to this right now and are interested in checking it out it's just search that on anything that you get your podcasts on and you should find us and on on uh instagram too yeah 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 we've got uh instagram we put up the the posters liam creates all the posters he's uh i think he's, he's actually job is kind of graphic design so basically it's just like a bus miss holiday you know i was going to give him credit there but you know it's it's that's what he gets paid for. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. No, he, Liam makes these fantastic posters up uh, each week for our shows, and they really—he's changed the theme of them over the years, and they just—he knocks out of the park every time. It just looks the business. Um, so yeah, so we're on there, and that's—I think that's just straight up Scott and Liam versus Evil. We're also on Twitter, Scott and Liam versus, and uh, a Facebook group, which is uh, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of interaction in there. Um, yeah, so if you're interested, coming. Come and have a listen. Come and have a join. We're good fun. Yeah, totally, the only thing, totally fun listen. Yeah. The only the only thing to be aware, especially if you're listening from the other side of the pond, um, on your side of the pond, Dan, that uh, we, we're, we're heavily Scottish um, and we talk very fast. I talk very, very fast. I've tried to be talk as slow as possible and as eloquent as possible today, but when it's, when it's me and Liam talking together, I can sometimes get carried away and speak way way too fast so it might be difficult to understand however if you can understand a scottish accent and fast speakers then yeah that's the podcast for you i i barely notice every every once in a while i'll have a bit of a delay trying to match up the slang <laughs> uh, but i've always been a fan of dialects and regional dialects and accents and things i can't really do any just for shit but um i've been told that i have a, a strange accent so it's it's all in the ears. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely for sure. And that's the thing. If you if you if you want to if you want to listen and you want to hear it, you'll you'll understand what people are saying. I always think that when when people when and not just talking about you know podcasts here, but when people like say, Oh, I can't understand your accent, I think it's just it's laziness. Unless obviously it's it's an out and out ridiculously thick accent. But most <laughs> of the time it's just someone either being rude or being lazy if they say I can't understand. They just don't want to understand, you know? Not paying attention. Uh, out yeah. of curiosity, since this is your first time and hopefully not the last on the show, I, I usually ask everybody from another country, what part of America do I sound like to you? Um, the middle. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I'm on the eastern think, time zone, but the Midwest is uh, – Ohio is – I believe no one would argue Ohio is not part of the Midwest with Indiana and Illinois and those there. I think the – your accent to, to me sounds um, very well-spoken, very uh, enunciated. I can understand everything you're saying. You don't have a kind of a thick accent from – you know, any particular place. It sounds like when you, when I, when my experience hearing perhaps a, a, an American advert or, um, you know, something that it just I just considered to be just American. It's a, it's just, it's a, it's a good accent. It's, it's the accent that everybody understands. That's what go. I think. It's not, yeah. It's all about communication. So being able That's to it. be understood. That's it. Well, yeah, I was just curious. Uh, I like when I when I do travel around the states, finding out you know who says pop and who says soda, and what twangs people. I, I hear people say, yeah, and, and then yeah. and then, yeah, then you realize that you should be saying neither because it's juice. Yeah, <laughs> juice. <laughs> that's for us. It's for, and that's that's for that's just look, to be clear. I I know what pop and soda is. It's fizzy juice, and that's it. It's it's fizzy juice. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's what that's what you drink. A can yeah. of fizzy juice. I am in a soundproofed room in my car park, and uh, the bin lorry came by yesterday and took took my garbage. Do you? <laughs> it, it's been a while uh, since. Yeah, I... uh, rubbish. Rubbish. The rubbish. Yeah, bin. took my rubbish. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of folklore and uh, sociology when I was a journalism major before I got told journalism is dying and as you know it and you need to switch to something else. Um, <laughs> and to make a long story short, too late. But anyway, Liam did the poster or the artwork for the Repo Man. Yeah, that's right. That was the uh, yeah, that was the episode he was on, wasn't it? Yeah. But the, yeah, the post the poster was cool. Liam he is a talented boy. You should look up the American Criterion picture uh-huh. for that for that that is probably my favorite artwork for that movie what are what are your plans for the foreseeable future what's it what's it looking like well for me um i've got a day off tomorrow i don't know what, what it'll entail um, we're pretty much having to we're not quite on lockdown yet but i think it's coming soon and then after that i'm working for the next three days i do work in the nhs and the uh, the health care system over here uh, so my work will not shut I'll have to go to work every day, put myself in danger of catching COVID nineteen and dying. But it's the risk. It's the risk you take for this vocation. You know. 
Make make each one a scavenging trip and come back with a piece of canned food or tinned food. Yeah, yeah, yeah tins, yeah. Tins. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, definitely. And you've got real really sugar. Nice. You've got real sugar instead of high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. High fructose corn syrup is you actually have to look for real sugar in things that have sugar here in the States because food items, especially the cheaper they get, there's this chemically creative sugar substitute called high fructose corn syrup made out of corn. And it is so much worse for you than just sugar. But yeah, it's that's a whole other episode. Yeah, well, I look forward to that episode because that is that is um, something that I do love about the states, and it's the, the it is the food. And it's, I've not been I've not been there since I was fifteen, so fuck, that's going on nearly twenty years, I think now. Um, and so I, I cannot wait to get the chance to come back and just eat everything. <laughs> Are you going to go to the south for the barbecue or the? Hopefully, they won't chase me out. But yeah, I'm definitely going to go and try and. Uh, Get some barbecue, some proper proper barbecue. Go to go to Austin. Doesn't uh, Elijah Wood have a barbecue restaurant in Austin, Texas? Does he? I think oh, so. I am one hundred percent going there. I'm pretty sure he does, but I'm pretty sure he he's got a barbecue restaurant in Austin, Texas. I will definitely definitely be going there. Like that, or a record shop, or both. You can always come here and stay at a brew dog. Speaking of Scotland. Their yeah, first... that's right. The, the the hotel is that's right in it. Yep. The first brewery and hotel in the states is right here in Columbus. It's technically outside the city. Just everybody's got a fucking brewery. Yeah. There's, you know, I could probably th- seriously throw a throw a rock or hit a rock with a tennis racket and hit three or four of them from my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the Brew Dog Hotel, the Dog House. Although I think they're they're shutting down, but they're offering beer delivery, like next day beer delivery here. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they're doing that over there, but uh, I'll need to check that out. Yeah, if if you were gonna take a nugget of wisdom from Mad Max Two in these trying times, what would it be? What's what's the lesson learned in, from Mad Max Two, if there is one? That you have to stay away from groups of people and uh, never become attached. And only do things that can get you something in return. There we go. <laughs> be a dick, basically. <laughs> be a dick. Be a dick. Be a dick, but don't be an asshole. Because assholes get fucked by dicks. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it is the most sensible bit of cinema ever created. It's the, it's the best monologue that makes so much sense that explains the whole world. <laughs> And you might hear that in just a couple seconds. But um, <laughs> thank you, dude. It, it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we'll, yep. we'll... No, it's been a pleasure on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. And we'll, we'll figure out what to do next time. Yep, everybody, uh, put the duct tape on your windows. Take it off every couple of days. Air that shit out. And uh, here's to social distancing. And uh, don't forget to duck and cover. <laughs> He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you and you. Duck and cover. Well, being a dickhead so bad. See, there's three kinds of people. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. 
Pussies think everyone can get along and dicks just want to fuck all the time without thinking it through. But then you got your assholes, Chuck. And all the assholes want us to shit all over everything. So pussies may get mad at dicks once in a while because pussies get fucked by dicks. But dicks also fuck assholes, Chuck. And if they didn't fuck the assholes, you know what you'd get? You'd get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.